Imagine this. What if you could get paid for saving the planet? I'm Daniel Hartz, and this is the We Can Save the World podcast with Cora. This podcast uncovers Cora's unique solution for reversing climate change, empowering the individual by rewarding sustainable actions. This is episode two of the We Can Save the World podcast with Cora, the app that tracks and rewards sustainable actions. In this episode, we'll introduce you to the team behind Cora, discuss what governments are currently doing to minimize carbon emissions and why individual actions can make such a big difference, and explain Cora's subscription model devised to help offset emissions. If you haven't yet, we suggest listening to episode one first. You heard from some of the innovators behind Cora in the first episode. Let's meet them now. My name is Gilad, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Cora. As the co-founder and CEO of Cora, what do you actually do on a day-to-day basis? Try not to disturb the team to work. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Okay, my name is Elders. I am a chief operating officer at Cora. So I'm in charge of operations. I do hiring, firing. Um, supervise the development, supervise marketing, basically most of the things related to the team and and operations. My name is Jonathan Howard, and my title at Cora is Gamification, which is a subject, not a title. Nevertheless, that's that's my title. And it's actually quite a broad term. It doesn't just mean gamification. It also means uh, the behavioral strategy. So my name is Neymantas, and I'm a lead developer now. I organize what our guys are up to. I see that everything is up to par. I see if the process is being implemented correctly. My name is Jamie, um, and I'm the junior marketing manager. So I basically take care of all these social media channels. So I produce the content, um, the strategy of the social media, as well as other things like the website. We all know we need to act quickly on climate change. So what are governments currently doing to reduce carbon emissions? There are two common methods, carbon taxes and so-called cap-and-trade schemes. A carbon tax is a fee that companies must pay for each ton of carbon they emit in order to encourage companies to either reduce the amount of CO2 they produce or switch to greener energy sources or more sustainable production methods. On the other hand, A cap-and-trade scheme is where the government puts a limit on the amount of carbon that can be emitted by companies. It then issues credits to companies, allowing them to emit a certain amount of CO2. Companies that emit less than the number of credits they have can sell these credits to other companies that emit more than their allotted amount. This is also known as carbon emissions trading. Gilad Regev, Cora CEO, says these systems of taxing and trading aren't effective enough on their own to have a measurable impact on climate change. But again, if we go back to the carbon credits and you take, uh, you know, again, oil companies or metal production or cement, which is really very heavy duty uh, polluters, they can simply move it from one side to the other and simply push this cost on, on the product. So at the end of the day, we're paying for it, which in a way is the right thing because we're the ones that are demanding it, yes, but 
it doesn't support a change or encourage any change by these corporates or governments. I mean, it's the same story with, with countries. It's really not effective. When Australia introduced a carbon tax in 2012, it saw the biggest drop in carbon emissions in 24 years of records. Unfortunately, the opposing party politicized the situation by claiming that removing the carbon tax would save Australian families a lot of money. When the opposing party was voted into power, the Australian government fulfilled their election promise and removed the policy. However, instead of energy prices falling, they ended up increasing. The challenge is that countries may change their environmental policies depending on their political leadership. Not all governments want to tax corporations for their carbon emissions, and the ones that do need to take into account the interests of businesses, consumers, the environment, and economic growth. As of 2020, the U.S. has formally begun its withdrawal from the Paris Climate Agreement, and Brazil's president has threatened to do the same. China, the world's largest polluter, is implementing government policies to reduce their carbon emissions, but economic slowdown, trade wars, and now the corona crisis could mean regulations are relaxed. One of the problems that we have today in the world is that there is a complete discount on the value of carbon, the negative value of carbon. The Kyoto Protocol was foreseeing a range of 120 to 140 dollars per ton, where in actually, in, in terms of market value today, is let's say around 30, okay, maybe 35. Taxes are a form of punishment. Jonathan Howard, Cora's gamification designer, says punishments aren't nearly as effective as positive alternatives. The only thing that punishment teaches is how to avoid punishment. Uh, and it makes the person hate the person who's punishing them. And as soon as the punishment stops, the old behavior starts up again. What it also does is it leads to very unpredictable behavior because the ways that people respond to punishment are not always predictable. All they're going to try and do is avoid punishment. They're not going to necessarily do the thing that you want them to do. And you don't always know what they are going to do. So it can be chaotic. So if you reward people instead, then people are going to be much more likely to repeat the activity that got the reward. Long story short, we can't rely on governments to fix climate change because they can be too slow mired in political differences. Rather than waiting for bureaucracies to act, hoping that they'll keep the earth in mind, we can choose to act ourselves. Be the change you wanna see in the world. If we as consumers demand better public transportation, move away from fast fashion to more eco-friendly and longer lasting alternatives, and support companies that are transparent about their emissions policies and their impact, we can help change the playing field. Cora can be the extra motivator we need to make these everyday changes. And it's not just for environmentalists. By offering rewards, it appeals to anyone interested in earning loyalty points and prizes just for doing the right thing. The more small changes we make in our lives, the more others will catch on. It's about changing mass perceptions and stigmatizing the polluting behavior. Now, if each individual, or if a critical mass of individuals are choosing to make certain sacrifices in their own lives, it becomes socially unacceptable for other people to carry on polluting. And so the people who carry on polluting, that, that group of people just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so there becomes a lot of market pressure on companies to change what they're doing. 
to make their packaging more sustainable, to make their supply chains more sustainable, to make their production and distribution processes more sustainable. And that's not even just the threat of boycott. It's just positive pressure. Please do this instead of saying, well, we're going to stop buying from you if you don't do this. So every single person's perception matters. Every single person's perception matters. You can have a conversation in a cafe with a friend in front of a stranger, and the conversation you have with your friend can affect the stranger's behavior. When people see you using a canvas bag in the supermarket, they start thinking, why aren't I using a canvas bag? Tiny, tiny little things like that, they all add up. And as we know, again, from coronavirus, we're so much more networked than we thought we were. We know we're technologically networked, but the idea that somebody in a, in a wet market in China can, um, can pick up a virus and then I have to worry about which door handles I touch in Latvia a few weeks later, that really rams home to us how connected, physically connected we all are. So when you change your behavior, you can change other people's behavior just by the power of example. When you change your perceptions and you change your preferences, you, you change what's acceptable to you, what's not acceptable to you, then you change that in other people as well. That's pretty much tell the story of why people are not, not acting on climate. It's not comfortable. It's not rewarding. Others are not doing anything. In any case, I'm too small. Nothing will change. Is this mindset the biggest obstacle to acting more sustainably? There are almost 8 billion people on the planet. How on earth can my actions make a difference? Well, firstly, most people don't think they matter very much. They say there are 7.5 billion of us. I'm just one person. So it doesn't really make a difference. Also, the problem is just so big that a lot of us are in denial. We don't really want to acknowledge it. We don't really want to believe it. Then there's the fact that we tend to rely on big governmental authorities to do the things that need to be done. If governments aren't panicking, why should we? This is um, a very common mentality. So this is why it's absolutely fatal for individuals to say to themselves, I'm not going to bother making an effort because there are still factories belching out smoke. It's the other way around. Those factories will stop belching out smoke. They'll figure out another way of doing things if there are enough individuals who choose to change their own behavior. Jamie Lee, Cora's social media manager, agrees. People start to question you because you're doing something different. And that allows you to basically raise awareness about the issue, which can then lead to a larger change um, collectively. And then also within industries where consumer behavior shifts and then companies can also shift um, as they notice that consumer behaviors and values are changing. So do you think it really can start with just one person? I mean, I think so. <laughs> so how much power do we actually have when we just make small changes to our habits? All the power in the world. All the power in the world. Everything. That, that's the point. If you take the, the sum of, of us as individuals and you reach, let's say, the, 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 the 8 billion that we were talking about, and each one of us will reduce by 10 to 20 percent. And as I said, 20 percent, that means that you reduce your, your meat to four times per week instead of five. You have a, some change in your habits of transportation. You're probably almost there, okay? And you, you earn core of all that. And slowly, the domino effect is already taking place. U.S. per capita beef consumption has declined by one-third since the 1970s, as chicken has become America's meat of choice. According to the National Resources Defense Council, 
beef consumption dropped by 19% between 2005 and 2014, avoiding the equivalent of 39 million cars in greenhouse gases. Now, there's a growing trend towards plant-based diets. When enough people make seemingly small changes, we can make huge reductions in our emissions. Is it possible to eliminate our individual carbon footprint? As Eldar Sharifuddinov's chief operating officer says, Yeah, so besides what, what we have, like the carbon reduction, which is achieved by behavioral change, now there will be still footprint. Like we're all human beings and just zero footprint is when the person is not here anymore. Then it's the only way to achieve it. So whilst we still all have footprint, uh, we want to go uh, like one step further in offer the footprint offsetting together with the partners. So the reality is that, well, it's hard for most people to completely get rid of all of the actions that they do that emit carbon. Um, so the idea with the offset is not to be an excuse to not change your behavior. It's like an addition. If you know that there is something such as flying that you just can't avoid, um, then you can do that so that um, you're supporting projects that are actually, um, for example, sequestering carbon out of the atmosphere by planting trees. We can help reverse climate change by supporting these projects that actively remove greenhouse gases and other pollutants from the atmosphere. Others can include capturing methane from landfills and providing clean cookstoves in developing nations. Cora provides an easy solution for people to make a difference through their offsetting subscription. And then for the user, the benefit is that we can calculate the offset and show the real footprint of the person um, together with the reduction from the behavioral change and together with the offset. So combining these two things, you can really go to carbon neutral. So there will be three fees, $399, $799, and um, $1599 per month, three different plans. Cora subscriptions currently support Eden Reforestation Projects, a tree planting nonprofit which plants trees around the world for as little as 10 cents per tree. That means the lowest subscription of $399 can plant around 30 trees per month. And since your subscription reduces carbon, you'll earn Quora's for the CO2 that you offset, which you can redeem for rewards. People aren't motivated to act on climate change because it's an abstract problem. That's why U.S. Senator James Inhofe entered the Senate on Capitol Hill with a snowball on the 26th of February 2015, arguing that global warming was a hoax since it was still cold outside. Others may recognize the problem of climate change, but don't take action because they feel powerless. But individuals can take action with Cora, which provides them with data on their own impact and rewards them with redeemable points. In the long term, Cora is building an economy around making more sustainable choices, affecting what companies offer and how they do business. As we dig into this further, I want to learn what could happen in our society and economy if and when Cora is adopted and used en masse. What value do the Coras actually have and who will accept them? And what will the world look like if people change their purchasing habits because they want to earn Coras? We'll answer these questions in the next episode. 
In the meantime, if you haven't downloaded the Quora app yet, now is a great time to get involved and begin earning rewards for the actions you take that protect our planet. And make sure to subscribe to the We Can Save the World podcast to be notified when the next episode is released. This episode of the We Can Save the World podcast was produced and narrated by Daniel Hartz and produced and edited by Lawrence Maximilian.